and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen some of those videos where, like, the kids are, like, really obsessed with video games and the dad comes in and, like, does something terrible to his video game collection? Have you seen some of those videos? No. Uh, there's one which I love to bits where it's this Japanese kid with, this, like, a PlayStation 4, right? And he seems to constantly be playing that all the time, never leaves the house, that kind of thing. Mm. This is in Japan, which I love to bits. The dad comes into his room with a sledgehammer and just smacks it, destroys it, and says, so, like, here's your video games, bitch. Bam! Just keeps hammering the sledgehammer into this PlayStation 4. There's another one as well. It's an American one where the dad uh, gets all, like, all the video games. Like, gets all his video games. I believe they're, like, PlayStation, like, free games or something. Like, gets the discs out of all the covers, lays them out on the lawn, and uses a lawnmower. My God. To ram them over. And it says, like, it's like, and I love it. As he's shouting, he's shouting, it's like, you've been living... You've been living rent-free in my house for years now. You haven't got a job. You want to get these back? Get a job. <laughs> Just like child abuse. <laughs> that is proper child abuse. I love it. It's awful. I would I would be mortified if mm. something like that ever happened to me. Right. Okay, let's kick things off. Greetings, <clears throat> everyone. And welcome to another episode of episode episode. Okay, let me try that again. Although that's keeping that's going to be a little bit of that. to another episode of the trash tapes where one man's trash is another man's treasure i am i am yoan chapal the inflictor of pain and this is my co-host and victim edward harvey how are you doing today i'm awesome thank you awesome and so we've like what we've kind of done over enigmatic we've had a bit of a retro gaming fix 
Um, yes. Because this all kicked off because the new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that capped that that was made or whatever it was the abomination that created, came onto earth created in a lab i think not in a, on a computer screen yeah it was weird it was scary like they let that, that thing exists somewhere hiding out in the fields and it said you know what we need to start you know what we are we're both big fans of retro gaming so let's go and maybe do something around that field yeah but uh i did blatantly and flat out refuse to do the super mario brothers movie because I know, for a solid fact, I would have hated it. Yeah, that could... Have, but the thing is, that could end up being our movie that's full, fully 100% torture. But like, do you want to sift through it, though? I don't know. Do you want to sift through 90 minutes of Mario Mario? Do you want to sift through Goombas with tiny heads and massive shoulders? Do you want to sift through? I think. Oh. I think for me, the fact that my memory of it, I can't really. I, th- I think I've blacked it out, so I don't know how. I can't remember how bad it is. Like, I know. That I just know that it's bad because people tell me it's bad, but I can't remember how bad it is. I'm, I, I think I must have just blacked it out. That would be hilarious. You watched it and you say, "Nope, nope. Where's that little? Where's, where's that little flashy toy from uh, from Men in Black? Gone from memory." So instead, I said, you know what, speaking of Super Mario Brothers, what if we do a movie that's basically a whole, a giant 90-minute Nintendo advert? So we decided to watch The Wizard. Yes. Two tickets to California, please. That's $226. Well, we only have $27.30. What does that get us? Nowhere. Corey's taking his brother Jimmy on a ride. These two boys already traveled more than 80 miles across the state. We've hired someone to find him. What's his problem? He's just shy. But Jimmy's got a secret. You got 50,000 on Double Dragon? That could make this the ride of their lives. Look at him. He's a wizard. He's headed for the video championship. <laughs> this guy? What is that? Power glove. Yeah, well, uh... Just keep your power gloves up for all right. With a touch of romance. I am not kissing a boy. And a ton of trouble. Got you. But too late. Put me down! Sorry about that, you maniac! They'll get there any way they can. Jimmy! Here we come! It's Jimmy! Jimmy. It's Jimmy. Come here! Oh. Hey! Now, what do you think you're doing to him? All his life, you've been telling him to do what you want him to do. How about once you ask him what he wants to do, huh? Now, video Armageddon. It's going to take a lot of guts. You can do it! A little magic. And the wizard, Fred Savage. The wizard. The wizard. Okay, so the wizard is very unique in its whole production. And the thing is, looking back at the movie, it seems really weird because I don't understand what who it's aimed at because it's very. Nintendo kids. Yeah, Nintendo kids. But Nintendo kids don't want to have 
like talk about family dramas in between it all and having a road trip with us with a slightly autistic kid like uh, i think they're supposed to find that stuff relatable that's all. really because i didn't find it relatable i found it no. off-putting it kind of missed the mark but it kind of a misfire but i think they're thinking well these kids may have similar problems to these uh, people in our film yeah. so maybe they'll find it that bit relatable yeah. and i just i can't explain it i can't explain what it is but it just feels incredibly about it so um let's break this down properly then so um the wizard is a 1989 family comedy drama starring quite a few people so we have uh, we have like Luke Edwards, which is kind of who, who plays Jimmy Woods, the main guy, aka the Wizard. But then you've got things like Fred Savage, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Fred Savage and Christian Slater probably the probably the, the the biggest stars. I don't know. Yeah, they are the biggest or were they stars. The, were they the biggest at the time? I don't know. They, they were probably the biggest at the time. Yeah, and they are probably the more well known mm. in uh, on this actually. But here's something which I think we might have missed out. This is Tobey Maguire's first ever movie. Really? Yeah. He is one of the goods. <laughs> okay. He's one of Lucas's goods. Right. <laughs> didn't didn't see him. Didn't recognise him. He's not credited. It's no. a shame, but it's his first. It's his first ever movie he starred in. He stars in the Wizard. People, Spider Man was in the Wizard. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh man! So the movie itself has developed a cult following mainly because it is such. It's a movie about retro gaming, and it's about tournaments in particular. And so this movie then inspired loads of other things afterwards. Yeah. Like, I can clearly see this movie had a bit of... It's had some semi-inspiration for things like Games World and Games Master, just on the giant let's-make-a-video-game tournament. And it was basically linked. And Nintendo, during the 80s and 90s, used to have video game contests like this, wouldn't they? Mm. Like, they would have, like, could you finish this level in this amount of time? Win a prize! But had that kind of thing that been happening before this movie? Or was it just after this movie? It was happening before, but never to this big extent. It was never, like, this over-elaborate setup. Yeah. You'd have to, like... This is the thing. You'd have to, uh, like... Let's say you have to get a high score... And it'd be in magazines and go like, oh, we got to get a high score, get this high score, win a prize, mm. buy officially by Nintendo. So you have to take a picture of the thing, drink it over, send it over to them, and then prove it in person that you actually got it. And it's it's very over elaborate. Yeah. And then you'll do competitions like the top five will meet and, and combat to the death, whatever it is, to win a shiny new exclusive, I don't know... Power glove. Power glove. Oh, God, the power glove. But as we can properly see as we go along, this is basically an advert. Yeah. The majority of the movie is a Nintendo advert. And there's some interesting reasons why, okay? Take picture of the year, 1988, right? There's a shortage of ROM chips, right? So, right. ROM, so there's a shortage of ROM chips. Um, along with Nintendo of America's uh, preparation for Super Mario Brothers 2 for Western gamers, right? It prevented Nintendo from performing various North American game releases right. in time for their schedules. Yeah. Right? So there were some things that they couldn't push out on time, right? Which is why the famous Super Mario Brothers 2, um, for example, wasn't really the wasn't really the proper Super Mario Brothers 2 game in Japan. Mm. You get you got like Doki Doki Panic or something I think it was called, and it just reskinned it to be a Mario game. Right. Because they didn't have enough power to just do it. They just say, just change it and ship that out. 
to the Americans. Americans won't notice. Like, they care. <laughs> right? Okay, so that happened. And said, so, okay, so they can release some of the games they wanted to release in time for the main releases. Especially, and this is the big one, basically, the um, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. Which actually was already out in Japan by this point. All right. So yeah, because this is a time when, like, in video video games, they came out in Japan much earlier, didn't they? Wherever else, but nowadays you kind of get like releases worldwide yeah. at the same time, don't you? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, but now in Japan, they had they it was already out, but they mm. just couldn't ship it to the United States, right? Things like Nintendo Power was saying like these delayed products did include quite a few things, including Zelda Two and Super Mario Bros. Three, right? Yeah. Delay actually then presented an opportunity to promote the game in a feature film because in 1989 Tom Pollock of Universal Studios approached Nintendo but not, 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 not approached Nintendo like you know Miyamoto or anything like that he approached the marketing team right right <laughs> he goes to the marketing team saying I want to do I want to do a video game movie inspired by the Nintendo video game competitions that used to happen mm. right uh, he envisioned he, he, his idea is and I can see where he was going with this he envisioned a video game version of Tommy Right. You know, okay. like, you know, he's not a pinball wizard. Although, you know, there, there are references to pinballs in, that, in this in this movie. Right? Yeah. You know, so Nintendo licenses products to, to include in the game. The whole thing. It says, you know what? Fine. If this is the best way to, like, promote products that are delayed, have all the Nintendo, all the Nintendo, all of it. Yeah. And they do their very best to shove it all in, don't they? All of them, all ninety something games, yeah, right? They pretty much all mention all ninety, like, pretty, like, like at some point they do, yeah. don't they? I, I always, I always expect them to like have some kind of subliminal like flashing of the cartridges, like. <laughs> yeah. Wow! You know, notice right, Christian Slater in the eighties, especially like in early on in his career. <laughs> was just kind of, like, channelling Jack Nicholson all the time. Oh, he is so a Jack Nicholson Jr. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly... I mean, when he did Heathers, which is, I think, one of his first movies... He was all Jackie. He, he deliberately did, it like, an impression of Jack Nicholson in the audition. They really liked it, so they, they wanted him to do that. And like, you know what? And he kind of... And you know what? Even with the hair and all, he kind of looks like Jack Nicholson as well. Yeah. He doesn't do the face. So... Maybe that is Jack Nicholson. It's just like a clone that went wrong. Well, didn't he play um, Jack Nicholson's character in? You know, like when they did um, one through the Cuckoo's Nest, like it yeah. was like the stage show or something. I think he played that character, which like, is like ideal casting. Yeah, because you might as well get Jack Nicholson Jr. Mm. <laughs> You're totally right by him doing Nick, Jack Nicholson. You can see him. Just even just him talking, like you can, you can see his face. It's kind of stuck there, isn't it? <laughs> the only way I can always tell if someone can do a good Jack Nicholson impersonation is just being the Joker and doing my my favorite line he ever does, which is "You are my number one guy." If he can do that, yeah, he's Jack Nicholson, one hundred percent. Can't even talk to each other. It's called bonding. I can't believe it. I cannot even speak to my own thoughts. I can't even bond. <laughs> Oh, he's getting Nintendo out. Mm. All right, we'll play some Nintendo, are we? Sleep, sleep. Well, I'm, I'm going to play some fucking Nintendo. 
And I'm going to have to move the TV closer because the cord for the fucking cable is ridiculous. Too short. <laughs> yeah! Woo! <laughs> oh, I remember that one. That, that game wasn't half bad, although it was quite difficult. It doesn't take much intelligence to play that game, does it? Uh, I didn't like... Oh. It was okay, but I, I liked when they, did, when they had the Turtles arcade game. That was a lot better. That was awesome. Although the dad totally just dissed video gaming by saying like, "Say like, oh, you have to, you have to be an idiot to, you don't need that much brain intelligence to like." Yeah, but look, look at you, you dickhead! I got the scroll weapon, and I almost beat the turtle at the end of level three. I love the Nintendo NES though. I, I'm all for like promoting the NES yes. like like crazy because. I think it's one of the best consoles mm. ever. Even though it's like it's quite primitive now, it's eight bit in it. But it's like I, I, I love the selection of games, and I love the the design mm. of the NES. Yeah, is, is what I would think. Like that's a perfect looking console. That's how a console should look. It does look awesome. Yeah, I just feel like this is this is. I feel like this movie is kind of shoehorning it in. <laughs> And it's almost say like the video game thing wasn't even a matter of fact. Like it didn't need it didn't need to have to be about video games. They just wanted to get the kid to California, and that's it. Although Tom, there's a Tom Petty poster right over there on Look, on the side of the arcade. Look at Tom Petty. What happened was during the movie's production, though, the filmmakers requested and were granted approval from Nintendo regarding the script and the portrayal of the company's games. Of course it did, because it made Nintendo look awesome. And it made Nintendo the only games console in this universe. Yeah, yeah. Because Nintendo was has always been pretty much massive. Yeah. But then it was like the king, wasn't it? King Daddy. Yeah. But there was no mention of any other video game in its history or mm. before the Nintendo. Right? There's no mention of Atari. There's no mention of Sega. There's no mention of, like, any other kind of unique, like, independent games or consoles that happened before the NES. Mm. It's as if gaming was invented and created by Nintendo, and that's it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, though. This was before the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, wasn't yeah. it, I think? So uh, that was their real competition, because the, the Genesis came out a bit later. Yeah. So at this particular point, Nintendo would have been king anyway, I think, of the market. Because like, Atari, it, it was before that. Yeah, but... Uh, but at that particular time, they'd be showing off the current game. So it's kind of feasible that a lot of the games would be Nintendo. Maybe not all, but... Maybe like, not all of them, but that's yeah. what I felt like, mm. right? Because one of the things is, is like, they use... They, they, they sometimes... There is, there is an NES, I guess, played often, randomly, like people like Christian Slater and the dad of all people. But gets really obsessed, but in a very bad way. What's so uh, interesting, though, is, like, the fact that this is a road movie, basically. Yes. And yet they carry the NES with them. They take them, they take it and just play it in the hotel. And Who also, does that? It's like, I remember doing that a little bit, though, when, uh, when I was younger. I would take, if I went, like, to uh, stay at, like, a relative's or something. Yeah. Uh, and then and you, I wanted to show my cousins or whatever, like, like my games, I would take it. But I wouldn't take it on a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where would you plug it in? It's like, oh, every time we stay in a hotel, really? You're, you're By that point, you're tired, you're exhausted. Last thing you want to do is sit down and start playing some more, playing some Zelda. 
but that's just the the you know the advert thing creeping in, isn't it? It's like saying no, and you can play Nintendo anyway to take it with you. But anywhere there's a TV, you can plug it in. Plug it in anywhere. Easy plug in and play. You know. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Christian Slater at one point is playing in like the the gar- like the way they're having their car done. Like yeah, he's the playing tires. in the garage. He's just playing in the office of like the mechanic's office. The, why? I would not if I was if I was the owner of that establishment. I would say, what are you doing in my office? Yeah. Play Nintendo, <laughs> and there was no argument. No, because you know why? Because Nintendo saves lives. <laughs> Nintendo saves families. Nintendo is the only thing in this world that makes anyone happy. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you, you can imagine someone is, like, ill, yep. dying of cancer, right? <laughs> and they give them a Nintendo, and it, they, they, they they miraculously, like, cured. It's like, oh, Nintendo heals. Yes, I'm just having a point. And so you're like, here you go. It's like, after two weeks of playing and mastering Ninja Gaiden, he is now Killed cancer. It's <laughs> like, wow! He has learned the ninja moves to kill cancer. Thank I you, mean, Nintendo. This movie's almost getting to that point, isn't it? It was getting so close to being parody. Mm. But this is the thing. This is the thing that doesn't make it fun, this movie, to a point, is that it's taken us legit serious. There's nothing parody about it. Yeah. And this why it's kind of perfect for the trash tapes, because it is pure exploitation, but it's at the same time trying to be a serious movie. Mm. If it was exploitative, but it was almost tongue-in-cheek, it would have been more fun to watch, but it but it would have been too on the nose. I think that's, that's um, it's because of the, the way the movie was started off, the origin of the movie, like how it got made. Yeah. It's just because they, they had to make a story around the fact that they wanted to sell Nintendo. It's yeah. like, so it's, the story didn't come first. Like, they finally assemble, they make the movie, but the movie originally was a lot longer than 90 minutes. Was it? Yeah, there was an original cut. The original cut by the director was two and a half hours. Oh my God, that is too long. That's far too long. It's two and a half hours, where most of it is just backstory for Corey and Jimmy. Right. That's it. Which is kind of explains why, at the end, everything seems shoehorned in. Mm. But this is now getting to the point of ridiculous. It's like... You're making, trying to make a very serious family comedy drama, mm. but it's so shoehorned in with Nintendo stuff, you can't take it seriously. More drama isn't going to help this. No. is this like, I wonder if that's just like the director just trying to, like, no, I want to get something, like, uh, credible out of this, or... I think maybe it's something saying, right, if I make a serious movie, then people will take Nintendo seriously. But that's not how you do it with Nintendo. Nintendo's always been sort of family-friendly fun. Mm. It's never been labelled as, you know, you know, gritty, dramatic moments. No, that, like, was Sega. that was Sega, wasn't Sega it? Sega was the edgy stuff. Yeah. Now if, now, if this movie was about Sega and it was about, like, you know, delinquents and punks and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, totally in its wheelhouse. But not this. Now the movie's been uh, reviewed and been uh, has been that uh, was gen- had generally negative reviews on its release. Yeah, right? doesn't surprise me. It was widely considered to be nothing more than a ninety-six minute commercial for Nintendo and Universal Studios. Yeah, which is true because obviously at one point they're in Universal Studios and they're on the rise for Universal Studios. Yeah, like how much cheap ham-fisted stuff could you put in there? Right? It was the King Kong ride, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was a King Kong ride. Mm. But then here's the thing as well. 
Like, a lot of the stuff was stuff that was reused from previous films, right, that would just happen to be in the Universal lot, right? So there were loads of random bits, like trucks and things like certain trucks were used for the Sylvester Stallone movie over the top. (laughs) All the trucks were used from that movie were just reused in this movie. Things from movies such as 1988's Messenger of Death, uh, costumes were reused from different movies from Universal Studios. So not only is this a cash grab for Nintendo, Universal did this movie half of it on the cheap because they did it in the majority of their back lot. Yeah, what was the what was the budget for this movie then? Was it actually because it seems quite an expensive movie? But you think suppose, it would be, but because of them being able to use a lot of the stuff, like reuse a lot of stuff, it probably that would lower it down a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, the budget for this was six million. Yeah. So it got like it continued being critically panned, and I do like some of these reviews. I do like some of the bits that were mentioned here. Roger Ebert, the classic Ebert, yeah. uh, from uh, basically said it's a cynical exploitation with all with a lot of commercial plugins and insanely overwritten and ineptly filmed. Mm. He says. Now I would I think that's harsh, but to the point I kind of agree with him. Uh, he later called it one of the worst films of 1989. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that, that's very harsh. That's quite harsh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, other people called it tacky, they called it, like, surprisingly morbid, and said it was majorly plagiarising 1988's Rain Man, which... Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Definitely. 100% with the character of Jimmy, it's just mini... It's just it's just a mini version, basically, yeah? Mm. But the it, it clearly is there's nothing to it. There's no substance to this, and everything else is shoehorned in so hard that's kind of frustrating but you also love it yeah it's just a really strange feeling when you're watching it yeah, it's like oh god i hate this but why am i loving it because it's frustrating at times but at other times it's really enjoyable it's just like, what what's happening to my brain what's going on it's too much happening right is this was the selling point of this movie which was the whole super mario brothers 3 yeah super mario brothers 3 had its what was considered its world premiere mm. in this movie. But it wasn't a world premiere, it was already out in Japan for a year. Yeah. But because there was a delay, they said, right, this is a good way to promote the fact that Super Mario Bros. 3 is coming out. Right? So they made the whole thing, a laboratory, but they were like, and they made so you can get to see for the first time. If you were like a kid in the United States or in the UK or anyone else, they're like, oh my god. This is the first. Where's the first time we get to see what Super Mario Bros. screen looks like? Eee! Yeah. So, like, I can't remember what the trailer's like, but did they show any Super Mario Brothers footage in the trailer, or did you just know that he was going to be in it? And you had to go and see the movie to see game footage of Super Mario Three. I can't do know. I'm not sure whether it's word of mouth where someone mm. said like, "If you go watch the Super Mario Bros. Three in it," it's like, "No, you lie. No, you got to go and watch it, man. If you like Nintendo, you got to watch this movie." Yeah. I bet you think kids loved it, but adults like this is ridiculous. I bet it was all over like the, the game mags as well. Nintendo like. Power, yeah. all all into it, man. Mm. And I think I think there were prizes to win a pair set of tickets to see the Wizard mm. because you want to see Super Mario Brothers Three, but then. That is actually a really cheap way of winning box office success, isn't it? It's like saying, if you come and watch this, you watch it. It's like teasers for video games now. Yeah. 
You know, it's like, you know, you have, oh, you got the secret character you can unlock. If you buy the game, you can find out more. Can you remember like, talking to Nintendo Power? Can you remember reading Nintendo Power? It yeah. Was, it was like, because they were just promoting Nintendo games, they never really reviewed anything negatively. It was just all like a, a good version of positive. So it's like, Yeah, like even if it was like, a bad game, it would say like, it so still I, has all these redeeming qualities. Yeah, because they were just basically plugging Nintendo games all the way through the magazine. Because it's other magazines where it was kind of like multi-formats, they would be more honest because they can kind of just say oh, they're not biased, basically. But Nintendo Power was just so biased to Nintendo that even if it was a shit game, still get like 82% or something. No one dared to question the power of Nintendo. <laughs> That's really kind of how it was. It was scary how how much of a juggernaut Nintendo was. Remember the pretentious seal of approval that they put on the games, that Nintendo yes. seal? Yeah, I was pretentious. They're like this. This is a thing as well. Like this game was approved by Nintendo. Like they know this is a good game. It's not a rip-off game, which is what they did. They did that so therefore you wouldn't get like bootlegs and rip-offs. Yeah, because if you didn't have that stamp on, right? It wasn't officially done by Nintendo. But that never really proved quality. No, I just said Nintendo was all right with this game. It never proved whether the game was any good or not. No, they had no idea. It's just signed off by Nintendo. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, it, does it have any blood or tits? No? Perfect. Right, go in. That's it. We're fine. Send it. Ship it. So this, it got like an epic, like, track. The style. It's like, it seems like this is this is the best 80s movie ever. Look at the beginning. This is so deceptive. <laughs> I think that's what, that's what I'm going to feel like with this whole movie. It's going to feel slightly deceptive. It's like, oh, it's epic. And then I'll realise what's underneath this veil. God. I think I've always liked this shot. Mm. This is always one of my favourite shots. It's like just slowly walking from the distance. You've got the heat, the natural heat, and just walking over the hill. It's fucking beautiful. It's a really good way to start the movie. And then it goes all downhill from that. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's like saying, I love that they brought us. Like, We're going to find everyone. We've got the plane. We have all this to find this one lonely kid. Yeah, it's him, all right. He's a bit special. He won't stop. <laughs> this song's epic. I kind of want this song now. I forgot what this song is. I can't remember whether the whole soundtrack is good or just that opening. I might have to get, I might have to Shazam that. I have to figure out what that is. Right, let's talk about the movie itself. Let's talk about, let's go for the plot. Let's go beat by beat and just see if we can rack up some lives and continues and see if we can finish this review. So, <laughs> right, so the movie kind of starts with what is considered the most epic opening to any movie I think ever. <laughs> like, it's so out of place, but so epic. Yeah, you just hear these like these drums and these like doom, 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 and it's like this cool eighties like power pop kind of track. And it's like it's like guitars and strings. And it's thinking it's quite epic. And it's it looks like almost like the beginning of like a badass western. Yeah, because you've got like the the the, the 
heat. You can see the heat on the. Yeah. Uh, it's so hot, and it's like it's on a, it's on a long road, like a highway. And there's a figure approaching like, in the distance. It's just quite. Like, it's just so epic. Why is it that epic? It shouldn't be this epic. It's a. Mo- it's called The Wizard. Yeah. It's a movie about video games and stuff, right? Yeah. It's a. It's, it shouldn't be this awesome. Mm. And so when it reveals, it goes over. It goes over the. This person. This figure goes over the. The over the hill. And expose himself. Not, not expose himself. <laughs> <laughs> reveals. That's a different kind of movie. <laughs> reveals to be uh, Jimmy. Yeah. This this weird eight-year-old walking around with just nothing but a lunchbox of dreams. <laughs> and, and then this was also kind of, again, how epic this opening is. You see this kid, he's a little disappointed to be curious. Yeah. Then a flipping plane flies over. And so, like, this bit, they, like they've been on a search. Like, he, this kid just keeps walking. He keeps constantly walking uh, away. And he's the, police are, the police are after him. A, a plane's after him. It's like, Why what's next, plane? a tank? <laughs> you think if it was going to do an aerial search, it'd be like a helicopter. Like, but it's weird, yeah, it's a plane. It's just a plane that says, like, we found the target. We found the target. We found the target. It's like what? It's not. It's not. It's not like a spy or something. Yeah. And then they pick him up, and he just keeps going. Like he just keeps going, mm. right? Even when, even when the copper stops him, he just keeps walking. He has to be grabbed and thrown legitimately into the car in order for him to stop. And he just keeps mumbling the words California. He says it like that, yeah, like California. California. And it's like brain dead to the world, mm. and you know he's you know he's being it, it, this kid's clearly got some kind of autism or some kind of thing. It's like it's it's movie autism, isn't it? It's movie autism. <laughs> yeah. It's not real autism. It's because it, Rain Man autism. Yeah, 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 Rain Man autism. But it's not like uh, Tropic Thunder bad. It's not to that point of like you never go full. You never go full, right? But it's it's movie autism yeah. where it's not accurate in the slightest. It's just bit. It's it's actually a little bit unnerving, and not a good representation yeah. of people with actual autism. So he gets taken away, and then the next shot we're introduced to what seems his mother and his stepdad and his stepdad, who is clearly just pure eighties douchebag. Mm. He, I've seen him in lots of eighties movies. He's always playing an arsehole. It's just like yes, he's just really terrible, like man in every film. He's awful. You, do, you, do you know when you go? There's a guy who just has a punchable face. Yeah, when the guy just has a punchable face, you're only going to be hired to be '80s douchebags because mm. there's nothing else you're good with. What also made it kind of funny is also his. He's, he's called Mr. Bateman. Yeah. Which, you know, it, I would have loved it if this was somehow a pseudo realistic universe where this somehow connects to American Psycho of all things. <laughs> you'd want you'd want Patrick Bateman to kill him though, wouldn't you? Yes, you would think like saying, "You are my brother." You know, I never liked you very much. Stab. There can only be one Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> if you stab him, do you steal his powers? <laughs> the powers of eighties douchebaggery. Uh, so you have him being a douchebag and say, like, he needs to be put into an institution, he needs to stay in a home because he just keeps walking out, demanding to go to California. And he keeps, like, t- talking about the kid as if he's just his, his property that he's got to deal with. Like, I'm legally responsible for this kid. He has a like, legally, yeah, it's like, he's not like, he's not, yeah, he's not property. He's not like a house you own, <laughs> you know? So the mother's also very concerned, but the mother's also getting more upset and frustrated. So she kind of caves in. To 80s douchebag. Mm. Meanwhile, we're also then introduced to 
the other side of the family because this is clearly a separation story, right? So yeah. we have the so we actually have the actual father. Then we're also introduced to uh, Christian Slater, who is playing the older brother, and also and the do we call him the hero of the movie? Fred Savage, who is played Corey Woods. Yeah. Well, interesting fact, just randomly out there, right? Okay, so Fred Savage, his name's Corey, mm. right? This is now throwing a bit more 90s nostalgia to all the people out there on the on the airwaves, right? Yeah. His brother, Ben Savage, plays Corey. Bet what's his name? Ben Savage. Bed. Bed. Ben. Bed. Ben Savage. It's like Ben Savage. Ben Savage. Ben Savage. That'd be awesome. That means doesn't mean you're Savage and Bed. Um, all right. Ben Savage. Ben right, Savage. Right. Plays Corey in Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. So both brothers basically played a, a Corey of some sort. Yeah, Corey's such a, an 80s name because of, like, the Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. It's like, very typical. I think it's a typical 80s boy name. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was in fashion, mm. you know. I don't know what, what if there was anything that was spinning around and made Corey a thing. Because, you know, like, nowadays, when something's like really popular, you suddenly see names from that thing. Yeah. Like, we are going to get quite a few names of Game of Thrones for the yeah. next few years. We're yeah. going to have a bunch of kids. We're going to have a kid called Cersei or oh. something, like, in class. Just because, like, it's like, my mum was so into Game of Thrones. Oh, no, terrible parenting. Just needs video games, man. All he needs to do is play his Nintendo, man. The whole thing, like, is such an advert for, like, video games in general because it's like... He he he's be- he's more he's like he's happier and he, if he's playing video games and that's it's like that's all he wants to do play that's video games. All it's, like, he wants to do. it's like a really it's like that's all everyone needs nice to do. Nice golden life. There's Christian Slater. There's your hero. Fred he looks Savage. so fucking young in this. I know, right? Oh my god. This is something I don't understand. Right? Especially the eighties and nineties kids in particular. What is it with like ten year old? Talking and acting like total, like, douchey adults. It was like, do you want to put them at home, huh? What are you going to do, huh? What are you doing, mad? No, that, that's what I like about Fred Savage, right? Yeah. I like the fact that he was a great actor from a tiny little person. He was like, he was really good, like, at a really young age. He's, like, acting like he was. Act. He was an adult, but he was, a te- he was like, a 12-year-old. Like, kids like, shouldn't, young shouldn't be that good at acting. He's like... Mm. <laughs> it's, no, it's true, it's true. I always, it was kind of trope I kind of hate. It's the 80s and 90s kid who don't act like kids because kids don't talk like this. Ever. Like, it's so inauthentic. It's basically like, he's an adult, but unfortunately we've got a 10-year-old here, so we'll, we'll make him like, I don't know, video games or something, but make him talk like every other schmuck. <laughs> this is like... Trying to add some drama to the video games now. Yeah, it is. Do you know what? Can't just, can't just play video games all the time. You need to add some drama. You need some, you know, domestic, you know, you need some kind of domestic going on. You missed. You missed. Arkansas. Let's get Utah. Abe! <laughs> California. California. It's got a skateboard. It's proper like 80s 
kid, isn't he? Probably 80s, 90s kid, isn't he? This I don't think you ever see him use the skateboard. He just carries it. You know why? Because it's just a 90s kid thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> so a movie that was great for bringing back the uh, 80s kid tropes in a cool way. Which is? Uh, that vampire movie, uh, A Girl Walks Alone at no. Night. Oh, I love that movie. And it's like, see, there's a bit where she's a skateboarding vampire. She's really cool. She's awesome. Yeah. Right, there's nothing wrong with skateboarding or whatever. But it's always difficult when it's, like, shoehorned in. Mm. California. Yeah. Oh, God. This is also quite terrible, really, of Fred Savage. He's taking slight... He's, I'm not sure if he's taking advantage of him, but it's, like, it's also it's like, you know what, come with me, right? You know, you always want to go to California. Uh, but at the same time, right, you can't... We can't... You can't... People can't be douchey around me because I've got a horribly autistic child who just wants to go to California. Chocolate? Yeah. Don't lure a kid yeah. to the back of the van! <laughs> he smuggles him out of the home quite easily. Quite easy. In a hostess cake van? Wasn't even that. What's a hostess cake? Wonder uh, bread. Wonder bread. It's wonderful bread. <laughs> Who's driving the truck? Is the kid driving the truck? He would be driving the truck. Who the fuck's driving the truck? I don't know. A random schmuck. Oh, they even just... Oh, so they just quite... That's like a delivery van, like, yeah, for, delivering... For, for Wonder Bread. I don't know what Wonder Bread is, and Americans... Just make something pig out of yourself. Americans need to explain to me what Wonder Bread is. Like, is it just white bread, but just more wonderful? What's going on? I imagine it's some kind of cake. Mm. Wonder Bread. Hostess cake. Wonder Bread. So we're introduced to them. And they're all having a bit of an argument. They're having a bit of a squabble. This whole point, this, this is where we start to realise what the theme of the movie is. Like, in air quotes. Yeah. It's about broken families. <laughs> Which is, like, a bit morbid for a Nintendo advert movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. So the reviews are right. It is a bit morbid. Mm. It's about broken families. But how Nintendo can fix everything. Yeah. Right? So the father doesn't get along with the sons, and they all seem to squabble, especially Christian Slater with uh, with Bo Bridges. They just keep constantly at loggerheads, you know, and to the point that the, bro- the little brother, basically Corey, Fred Savage, has to stop them from arguing by saying... Do you know what they did? They put Jimmy in institution. It's your fault, Dad. It's your fault, everything, for not putting it upright. Blah, blah, blah. Do you want Do you want anyone else to go into the home? Do you want anyone else to do this? Ha, ha, ha. And walks off being the responsible adult. Yeah, this is, this is gone, uh, Fred Savage going into full adult argument mode. Yes. And it just doesn't, it's odd, but it's kind of good at the same time. It's really weird. This, is, this, this continues constantly throughout the movie. He is in adult mode. He's sometimes more adult than the adult. Mm. But then we have to be reminded several times that he's a kid by him doing something childish. Yeah. Because otherwise, we think he's just like a 20-something in a 13-year-old's body. Mm. It kind of annoys me as well that he's carrying around this skateboard, but I, you don't <laughs> ever see him use it like properly. I think when we there is a shot where you see him on it, 
but it's from the back, so it can't it might not even be them. Yeah, it? he only used it once, and he used it really weirdly, doesn't he? But he's carrying it around like uh, you'd think that he'd use it all the time. Because yeah. why has he brought it then? If the skateboard's massive, though. It's like twice, nearly his size. It's the size of him, right? And the reason why he goes into that is because he has the argument. He goes home, he goes back to his house, and he starts throwing darts at at a at a, at a map yeah. of America. And I'm assuming it's because he just wants to run away from all this because he bloody hates his broken family. He hates his, he hates the fact that his little brother's in a home. He hates the fact that uh, like like everything's falling apart for him. He's not doing well. Blah blah blah. Mm. But he throws a dart. Keeps throwing the dart. It's like Minnesota. Ugh. Where are we? Ugh. You know. It's like we're in Utah. Ugh. What's happening? Well, let's move out of here. Ugh. Ugh. One dart throws. Where's the lad? California. California. Of course it would. The thing is, if you're just going to do a random pick, you should just go with... How many goes does it take to get to California? He's like, no, I don't like that place. I don't like that place. Oh, no, I do like California. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Why didn't he just go up to it and just stick it in? Yeah, it's like saying, it's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to go to California and I'm going to take Jimmy with me. Right? That sounds more like a legit plan Mm. rather than him just throwing darts and suddenly being inspired when he threw the dart to California. It's like, no, 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 you know that Jim, your, that your little brother, your autistic brother, who's been thrown into a mental institution, basically, by this point, this home for slightly upset kids. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, right? Um, always want to go to California, and you know this. Mm. So why not just do that? Or if they're going to do the darts thing, he should have just... The first one that went in should have been California. California. And it's like, oh, it's meant to be there. I'm supposed to go to California. Yeah, right? why go and throw, like... It's a waste of time. North Dakota, South Dakota. Like, I don't care where we are. You know, like, Minnesota, Pennsylvania. A little bit of a geography lesson there for a moment. Like It's like, do you want to learn all 50 states? Just throw 50 darts and everything! <laughs> so this inspires him, then, to magically throwing darts inspires him to say, I'm going to run away. So he grabs a skateboard that he doesn't ride, gets a, gets, his, gets a satchel, and goes into the home and kidnaps him, basically. Yeah. He just kidnaps his own brother. Just shoves, kidnaps him. Shoves him in, a like, a cake truck or whatever it is. Yeah, the Hostess Cake Wonder Bread truck. <laughs> we were, when we were watching it, we were really curious about Wonder Bread, because it's not a thing over here, is it? I don't know what Wonder Bread is. I might, I, actually, since I've got the, since I got the note of wonder here, as it were, I'm going to type in what Wonder Bread is. So what is Wonder Bread? Uh, so, Wonder Bread. So basically, they're all hiding out in the back of a truck. Yeah. And Wonder Bread is a brand of bread that originated in the United States from 1921 and became one of the first to so- to sell pre-sliced bread in by 1930. Oh. So it's just basically just really fancy white bread. Right. So that's just a like a bakery truck they're in then, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a bakery truck, right? Yeah. So it's a bakery truck and, you know, they smuggle him and the kid in, they hide in the back. And they just they don't know where this truck is going. They just know that this gives them an opportunity to smuggle out. Mm. Right? And then obviously the rest of the family finds out instantly. Alright, so now this truck flies away. Flies away. And um and the family's like, where, okay, so where's Jimmy? Where's Corey? And they say, like, we... And so this is where the step the stepdad and the mum hires a... One of the uh, the other 80s douchebags in this movie, uh, the uh, private detective. Yeah. And he's got one of those, like, cowboy neckties. Never trust a man with a cowboy necktie. In a movie, anyway. Yeah. It was it called? It's, what do you call those? But, you know, it's like the one with, like, the like the bull on it and the strings. And it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you call them. Um, 
just yeah, I don't, I don't know the name of them, but, but whenever there, when there's one character in a movie that's got one of those, you never want to trust him. You never want to trust him. And he also got, he's also got like a really bad receding hairline, and he's wearing glasses, and he's a bit beefy, but not beefy enough. He's a bit nerdy, but not fully nerdy, and he just looks a bit like a sleazeball. Mm. He, he is the epitome of stranger danger. Yeah, definitely. He just needs he just he just needs the hat and the and the trench coat, and he could be trying to find a vampire slayer. Um, <laughs> so he so he, he says like, "Do not worry, I'll find your kid in hours." He didn't take hours clearly because <laughs> this movie takes way too long. So and also, but at the same time, the father and the and the older brother say, "No, we're going on a mission. We're going to find him. We're going to go find the kids." Now the whole thing is that. The, the the private detective is only paid to find Jimmy. Yeah, he they doesn't care at all for Corey. Mm. To the point that Corey just goes and finds. And he say, "If what if you find Corey, you're going to bring him back." It's like he doesn't he want to run away. I remember that line. Does he just want to run away? Yeah. It's like what a dick. <laughs> Have responsibility for everyone involved. You know. So because of that, the father and the, and the older brother says, "No, I'm going to fucking get them." I'm going to yeah. get both of my children because I care for them, because I love them, douche. And so he gets in the truck and drives off. Yeah, so it ends up like they're just like competing almost to get the kids, aren't they? Like, it's like a race. Yeah. It's like saying, who can get the kids first? They finally get out of the Wonder Bread truck and they're kind of roaming around trying to figure out where they are, what they're doing. They're walking around. They're walking through the desert. At one point, actually, on a skateboard. Whoop-de-doo. And then they're at a bus depot. Mm. Right. They're at a bus depot of some sort. And they're trying to figure out, how, with the money they have in their pockets, how much it would take them to go to California. Yeah, because they've only got about, like, $30 on them or something. They've only got, yeah, they've only got $30 on them. And it said, like, no, it's going to cost a lot more. Just to get to the edge of Utah is 30 bucks. It's like, what? Extortion! Yeah. What's he say to him? He's like, where will this get me? And he goes, nowhere, beat it, kid, or something like that. Yeah, pretty know. much. Yeah. Terrible. So they have to think of money quick, right? And so they're trying to find a way of maybe smuggling in, trying to figure out something or whatever it is. In the meantime, while that's happening, he gives a quarter to Jimmy and he plays Double Dragon yeah. on in uh, like on the arcade, right? Now, I get, and this is where we first introduced to the fact that Jimmy is actually pretty good at video games. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing. I don't think anyone else knew about this. No, I don't think he knew himself. He's just like... It's just like that freaky like uh, movie autism thing where you just kind of go, I'll have a go, see how good I am, and oh, actually, I'm pretty good, aren't I? I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at video games. <laughs> but that's the weird thing, isn't it? It's like you'd think that maybe they would have sussed it out by now because clearly the family had had at least a Super Nintendo, had a, had an NES. So having an NES, then you would have thought that he would have the kid would have played it mm. at some point. And when he's in the home, he's not playing video games; he's watching like a really boring movie or something. Do you think this is in the this epic two-hour and two-and-a-half-hour cut? Do you think <laughs> they showed him playing games before, like, so you, you knew he was good at games? Or do you think they, they wanted to have him discover that he's good at games at that point? Maybe, but then this, this leads even more to how ham-fisted the Nintendo thing is. Yeah. Because if he was always a Nintendo fan, this movie makes a bit more sense. But no, he's an autistic kid who just discovered he likes video games and he's damn good at them. 
Mm. It's like 50,000. 50,000 points? You got 50,000 points in Double Dragon? I can't remember where that's... It must, it must be good, but I don't know. I, I, I like to think so. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is it? Uh, kids, guys out there, 50,000 points is really good on Double Dragon. Can you tell us, please? Yeah. I don't know. So... I imagine it would be a really high score. Yeah. Otherwise... It's pretty high up. Or yeah. at least he beat the guy who's at the top of, of that cabinet. Yeah? But I remember, uh, it'd be funny if like, there's some like geeky guy out there this amazing double dragon. It's like fifty thousand. That's fucking nothing. That's that. No, it'd be like a Well, actually, that's like just really lame. Yeah. I, I could, I could do seventy five thousand in my sleep. <laughs> okay, I apologise to all the nerds out there. I am a fellow nerd. I apologise for that impression. You are not one of these guys. You're not one of them. <laughs> right. In the meantime, there is this girl in the depot. Mm. Who has a ticket, right? But clearly, who wants to, it was a ticket who wants to leave Utah or wherever they are. They're leaving. He's, clearly, she's run away from something. Yeah, it's weird, weird in this movie. It's like, just happens to run into another runaway. Like, how many runaways are there? Like, you wouldn't just. Fate! <laughs> Nintendo brings runaways together. And so. And this is like why it was, it's like we've been saying. About the whole adult thing, they all yeah. seem like like they're adults, don't they? Like yeah. these kids. Yeah, they make really adult decisions. Yeah, they make very adult choices, and they act like they are adults, but trapped in kids' bodies. Mm. Even and 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 the adults act like the opposite. It is bizarre a world, and we'll see more of that later on in the movie. Yeah. Um, so this this adult girl. Basically, I'm going to call her an adult girl because she clearly is an adult girl. She's like 14, but acts like she's 30, right? Sees, while while she's clearly waiting incognito in disguise, which is just her with sunglasses on, holding a magazine covering her face, yeah. notices the 50,000 points on Double Dragon, mm. right? And while he's waiting, she's like, hmm, has a think, right? So this is where we realise that she's a bit of a swindler, She's one of those like hustler, pool- isn't she? hustler. Yeah, she knows how to. She does this. Like mm. she goes and tries to get money off people so she can live as a runaway. She kind of goes and says like to that your little brother. Yeah, I think she. I think he cheated. Oh really? Well, let's prove it to you. And so literally, she goes out, plays double dragon for a bit, gets a score. He goes in and plays double dragon, gets beat her score, and now she ha- they have all the money, right? Yeah. But then. By that point, she misses her bus, and now she's trapped with the two brothers mm. for trying to outswindle them. Yeah. So there's also telling kids, don't hustle, because you may lose. But then later on in the movie, it also says, hustling's really good if you've got a number one player. It's just <laughs> conflicting messages, isn't it, all the time? It's like, and so they're stuck, and so now they have to try and find a way to get to California now. Yeah. Right, so she's going to join them on the mission. Well, the kid, well, the driver's seen something involving the cash. It's only like 85 bucks. What are you trying to do? This is some this is some weird situation I am not comfortable with right now. <laughs> it's creepy, isn't it? This is kinda uncomfortable. 
I didn't want to play like like cheesy like bow, 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 music in the background. Like these kids are about to get assaulted. <laughs> All for what? Eighty five bucks. What a bunch of douches! But it's okay because it's got the music like. Good grief! Wait, 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 wait. They're acting like a married couple. Like these. See, I, see, I don't know why these kids like. Uh, and I, we understand a little bit about Fred Savage and the, no. the little boy, but I, mean, I don't know anything about her. She's like a mystery, isn't she? <laughs> she just, wow! What? 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 Wait a minute! She just punched him in the fucking face <laughs> for no reason other than he just wore a Halloween mask. Can't remember why. I don't know. Hell's Angels now. Hello. This movie just throwing random shit at everyone. You can't have it. You can't hit your eye with a Hell's Angel. You'll end up getting hooked on meth. <laughs> I imagine at the end, Fred Savage is like, "Oh man, give me my hit. Give me my hit, man." <laughs> when? That is so random. So random. I forgot about the Hell's Angels. I know, right? This track's awesome. Like, the what, the soundtrack good. is fucking great. Mm. We go back and we have the brothers and the brothers and the girl are travelling around, that kind of thing. And they are in a diner at one point and then they discover it in a back, uh, at a back issue of Nintendo Power. I believe it's Nintendo Power. It would be. It'd be the official. It would have to be Nintendo Power. Mm. Um, or something along the lines of that. Um, I think it's back of Nintendo Power or some kind of magazine or some sort. Um, or something or something like US Import or something along the lines of that. One of those kind of video game magazines opens up to the back page and reveals Video Armageddon. <laughs> Double page spread. Double page spread of this video game tournament that you win fifty thousand dollars. This is a really good prize. That's a good prize, especially in the eighties. Mm. That's awesome. You know, I would, and that's the thing. What I love about this, Nintendo did have video game tournaments like this, but they were rare and far between, and it wasn't like as elaborate as you see in the movie, right? Mm. But it clearly was the only positive I could really properly say about this movie is that it inspired a generation that eventually became eSports. Yeah. It eventually said sports, video games can be conceived as a sport. And we now have that. And some of it's actually really encouraging and awesome. Like you have Street Fighter tournaments, Smash Brothers tournaments. You have Call of Duty tournaments. You have Fortnite. And all these things are now a caveat. Mm. And it's weird that this movie might be the reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it probably could be, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Like, you know, people of, the, of the, that generation say, why do we not have, like, video game tournaments like this, you know? Mm. So, it needs us 50,000 bucks. It's like, it's like, it's like, he seems pretty good at video games. It's like, but he seems pretty good at video games. Let him try it. After, and this it's only just happened after only playing once Double Dragon. Yeah. And so, like, he's good at video games. Let him try. It's like, but this could be anything. This could mm. be any video games ever, right? So, as he's travelling around into... Well, Nintendo. Yeah, oh, Nintendo. Only (laughs) Nintendo. All 19 Nintendo games, or whatever it is, right? So, he tests it out by trying to play different video arcade 
cabinets, right? Mm. So they try playing different ones. There's a there's Metroid in one, which is not definitely not in an arcade cabinet, to my knowledge. Uh, but they try all of them, as many as they can. You know, sometimes swindling and stuff like that, and then they get involved like with the bullies in the arcade, which ends up afterwards being quite sad because while they're having a deep moment. Like, they're having a deep moment in the field and talking about Jimmy, and Jimmy's all like, it's like, he's not cured. He's not cured, damn it. Whatever it is. The bullies come in, driving in out of nowhere, and pretty much beat them up. Mm. Like, in this rather uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and Fred Savage gets a nosebleed and stuff. Fred Savage gets a nosebleed. The girl gets kind of really badly manhandled. The kid gets the uh, the hat dropped and all that kind of stuff. It's really uncomfortable, mm. right? So there are loads of little segments like this, these random-ass events in between as part of their journey. So this one's one of them, which, yeah. supposed to, which leads to a reveal. Uh, it goes to also moments, there's a moment where they're, they're just on the side of the road and the hell's angels come. And they're like, yeah, they'll be fine. Let's just go have a ride with them. It'll be, everything will go smoothly. That's not how it works. I mean, it, hell's, if I sat inside the road and then Hell's Angels came ride driving to me saying, hey, buddy, want a lift? I'd be like, where are you taking me? Is this a dungeon? You know, I, I'd be terrified. Or the other one, which was a bit creepy as well, is when they're hitchhiking once, they got all this money after swindling a couple of the kids. Yeah. And... One of the drivers notices this in the back of the truck, sees the money, and tries to rob them. Yeah, that's it when they're in the back of the like the farm truck and there's yeah. like, cows and stuff in the back. Which that is really unsafe because the cows could just suddenly move and crush them. Like. Yes. Yes, constantly. That is not safe. And then literally they're getting manhandled. The the girls getting really badly touched in places, which I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> right? And that's the thing. This is there's some really weird, slightly, slightly inappropriate touching. Mm. But it's an eighties thing, I guess. Is it or is it not? I don't know. Maybe it's them trying to be more real. I don't know. I don't know. They're just they're, they're basically wrestling for the the cash. They want the cash, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And eventually they do get the cash and leave them on the side of the road. Well, you know what? Life's a bitch. Nintendo couldn't solve that problem. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I like the way when she, when she went, uh, it's a business deal, and then she said, like, like this. We'll split the money. She went like old Robert De Niro. Oh, God. We'll split the money. Split the money. What a douche. (laughs) 
You know he's a douche because he's got one of those necktie things. Like, like. Yeah. And look, and he's got a horrible receding hairline. Like a cowboy necktie. Yeah. Is he... What's he doing? Street Fire stage. E Honda, that shit. <laughs> what? Brilliant. Well, he tried to murder you there for a second. Set the mood, don't you, Christian Slater? Yeah, he needed the hundred hand slap on that car, didn't he? <laughs> Who else was good at that? Chung Lee was always good at that one. Uh, Ryu, Ryu was always good at that one. Blanca. Blanca with the electric power. Everyone else was kind of shit. In the meantime, obviously, the detective's always one step behind them. The detective's always one step behind them, and the parents are literally just a step right, like, a minuscule behind the detective, to the point that they do conflict and clash sometimes. Yeah. And there's one point that's really funny, where the detective sees the parent's car, like the dad's car, slashes his tyres like a dick. <laughs> this is, like, wacky racist type thing, isn't it? It's almost like you expect him to put, like, some, like, drawing pins out on the road. Yes! <laughs> this, it wouldn't have been that far-fetched with this segment. And so this is what I mean. Like, this is like quite childish, slashes tyres, right? And so the father notices this, and Christian Slater starts shouting at him, What are you doing? Da, 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 da. And so gets a flipping, like a flipping, like, uh, baseball bat or a uh, shovel. He gets a shovel. Shovel, yeah. And just starts bashing on the detective's car. <laughs> it's just getting, Hey, bag is a bitch! <laughs> and starts throwing things and trying to, like, smack him. And it's like, and it's just basically the detective's like the dad's insane the dad's insane but you're starting it by just trying to like it's like I need my pay I need my pay I need to stop the dad from getting his own child back <laughs> what a dick move totally an 80s douchebag yeah. right so there's loads of little segments like that there's like a five or six of them throughout the entire movie mm. but this is how the movie sort of bounces off the movie bounces off between the um the detective and the father and Christian, and Christian Slater all try to get the kids and the kids journey to California. Yeah, the Christian Slater and the dad, they're kind of like bonding throughout, aren't they? Sort of getting closer. They're trying yeah. to bond. Yeah. There's one point where they're in the hotel, the first hotel room, and they're like sharing a bed, aren't they? But yeah. they're not doing like, you know, uh, you know, 
you know, tails and, you know, heads top, and tails. Top and tails. Top and tails. They're just, like, sitting next to each other. And the dad's trying to... I think the dad turns over at one point, thinking like he's about to spoon Christian Slater. I love this bit. Slater's like, no, 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 no. No spooning for me. <laughs> and, and then they, it's like, we can't sleep. We're having an argument. They have an argument. I love this. He goes like, I can't even bond with my own dad. <laughs> So he just gets the Nintendo out, doesn't he? Yes! And this is what's Solves so the whole problem. And, just, and this is where it becomes a weird thing. The NES becomes sort of this way of bonding these two. Mm. And because at the beginning, it's Christian Slater contemplating the video games, right? And it's like, you know, Dad's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, it's like, oh, I've just found this. In Co- I was able to fix the NES in Corey's room. So I just thought I'd bring it along. And, and it's, okay. And it's like, you fixed it? Yeah, yeah, I fixed it. And everything is playing and doing that kind of stuff. And he's like, and the dad's like, you know, you don't need much of a brain to play video games. Mm. And then by the end of it, by the end of the night, he's totally whipping butt at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, I, I kind of love all this stuff. I know it's like bad, but I love the, the sort of... Uh, Nintendo brings people together thing. I love it. It's just because I, I mean, I remembered like trying to get my uh, family to play video games with me. But yeah. they, they weren't interested. So it doesn't actually happen, but they, it wanted, it, they wanted it to happen <laughs> in movies, didn't they? Like They, they yeah. said, like, no, like, parents will play Nintendo too, but they don't, really. They don't. <laughs> it's because in the 80s in particular, video games were really much more seen for either as a kid's thing or for nerds. Yeah. That's it. Parents and responsible people, like real people, didn't play video games. And you didn't bond with, like, your dad over something like Street Fighter or something. You never did that. No No one ever bothered, right? It was just something for the kids to get distracted to while the parents had real conversations. Yeah. But they wanted... Nintendo really wanted that to happen. They were kind of trying to... No, no, this is how it should be. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, basically, Nintendo... Saves everyone. Nintendo is the main reason why you should live life. And so eventually, it's the thing, Dad gets quite obsessed to the point at one point, right, while at one point in one of their sort of interactions with the detective, the detective, kid finally finds the kid and kidnaps him and stuff like that, but then takes the... um, uh, t- tows the truck, I believe, wasn't it? Mm. Like, there's a point where he, fi- he knows where the kid is, so the detective goes off to drive off to catch him. And But he pays, like, hey, buddy, do you want a cheap 50 bucks? Which is really kind of a... I think it, 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 that's kind of a, like, a dirty thing to say. <laughs> do you want a cheap 50 bucks? Yeah. Come with me to my truck. Um, <laughs> and so the tow truck takes the thing away and goes... And in the garage, while they're trying to f- get the truck fixed and sorted... The dad's just playing more nin- playing more Ninja Turtles. It's like he's permanently addicted now, and he's just playing like NES all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is where this leads to the whole childish adults. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly, I'm so close to winning, and then Christian Slade just pulled a plug from the back. Thing is, though, he's kid, right? He's lost and they're looking for him, and he's more interested in Nintendo. Yeah, it's like saying, I gotta beat this level, gotta beat this level. And so the movies also try to tell you that even though Nintendo brings people together, Nintendo playing video games can also be addictive and make you counterproductive. Yeah. What is this movie trying to tell me? I think that's accidental because they wouldn't want to try and uh, 
point put that point across, would they? Like... They would not have, but think about it. It's Christian Slater takes the TV off. The dad's reacting like someone's ridiculous, like somebody like 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 he just got shot. It's like, what are you doing? I was so close. And then Christian Slater had to remind the dad that our oh, son, your son's out there. <laughs> you need to stop this now and save your son. It's like, well, don't bring the Nintendo out of the road. Christian Slater, you're an enabler. <laughs> it's your fault. He's good. But you never beat Lucas. Lucas! Yes! Lucas is awesome. Lucas is the best. Oh, really? He's the Powerglove kid, isn't he? Yes, he's Lucas. There's Lucas! (laughs) God, what a douchebag, but I love him. Butthead! Butthead! Oh, he does. You know why? Because he has... He's Lucas. He's got the... There it is! The holy grail of shit video gaming. The Power Glove. It is so bad. Have you ever actually played the Power Glove? No. I want to get hold of one. But they're quite expensive because they're quite rare now. They're rare, but they don't fucking work. It's like you pay for them and then you can't use them very well. It's like... I remember... I have played it once with it and it was so awful. Oh, God. Okay, I have to, we have to wait for the line. Fucking yeah. Rad, rad racer. Rad racer. It's not even turning right. It's like, it's not responding to what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's clearly that he's cheating. That's clearly just already pre-made footage. Oh, my sweet Jesus. That, oh. looks, that looks pretty old now, doesn't it? That is really old. It's 1987, this. <gasps> what is it? Shh. Sorry, line's coming. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Yes! <laughs> and this is when bad meant good. <laughs> this is the thing. I love it because I'm not sure whether he's saying this like, I love this was the case. It's like, I love the power gun. It's so bad, right? I think to myself, like, the game is so shit. It's so shit. But I have mastered it. Which would be like, oh, my God, he must be a wizard, right? Or he's saying it's a good thing. Because it was a fucking lie. Oh. Now. Oh, you've just ditched a date with Lucas. It's like they could... I mean... They're just going to say anything to make the power look good. Yeah. We're introduced to probably my favourite character in the movie, but that's because he says the most iconic shit. Lucas. Yeah, he's just the... Uh, if you think of, like, uh, movies like sort of, you know, Karate Kid or whatever, he's like the... the, the he's a, it's weird because he's, he's meant to be like a bad guy. But he's not really a bad guy. He's just another guy that's good at games. Yes, like, the movie but, makes him look like the bad, bad guy. guy, and it makes him look like a, it makes him look desperate. Yeah, because as the game as the movie goes on, he's trying to find ways to cheat or try and get the whiz kid out of the way. Mm. Yeah, so it gets a little. Yeah, it gets. He gets. He does get a bit douchey, but he's so cool. <laughs> Like, to me, he's so cool. But he's also a dick. But he's a cool dick. That's what the 80s were very good at doing. Cool guys who are also assholes. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the kind of guy that would be, like, in a 
Nintendo poster kind of advert. Yeah. Power Glove. He, that, that, he's the kind of kid that he would use. Yes. So he's like a Nintendo poster boy kind of guy, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the things Nintendo had to approve and say, like, can we have Lucas be, like, the ultimate, like, representative for Nintendo, please? He has every game. He has e- he's even got the Power Glove. Even if the, even though they, they even know, I bet even Nintendo knows, that the Power Glove is shite. Yeah, because what was that is so great is a bit where he's using the power glove in the, yeah. in the in the movie. Yeah, it's clearly just like not. It's, it's footage that they've captured. That, yes, that, that later and these they're trying to match it up. But it's not actually perfect, is it? When he's moving, it's not moving with like the the car on the screen. Well, this is the thing it says actually. According to this, all of the footage, every single video game footage, was pre-recorded. Yeah, so. They weren't playing games live no. at all. They had to pretend to play the games live, yeah. which I, it does remove a little bit of the mysticism that all these kids were actually good gamers. They're just acting like they were good gamers. I suppose it's just easier to do that way because it's like these they, they don't have to train them to be good on the games and do they? they just have to kind of like pretend. Like... Yeah, just say I could just do this mm. kind of thing instead. Uh, here's an interesting fact as well. Um, when Lucas is actually playing the power glove, his activation, he does this, he goes, duh, 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 right, he does that. It's actually the notes from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> he goes, duh, 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 duh. that literally does that, and then it activates. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good little nod there. Because to be honest, in a weird way, this movie could be could have been like some kind of really quirky, really life-affirming kind of Spielberg movie. If it was done properly. Yeah. But no, it isn't. So yeah. that was sort of an interesting thing. But one other thing, just to throw out quickly, is like I said, a lot of... Lucas, actually, the guy who plays Lucas, we're looking back at the facts because we were talking about him. You know how he said that he should be the poster boy? Mm-hmm. He did eventually become the poster boy. He actually did appear for about a year in commercials for Nintendo afterwards. Right, yeah. So, yeah, he was cast for that reason, wasn't he, then? Yeah, yeah. and he was obviously a fan. But then other people in the movie actually became fans because of this movie. Mm. So, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater both admitted that they had no interest in video games when they were cast. Yeah. But afterwards, they became fans. <laughs> so, Nintendo bringing, making celebrities fans again. <laughs> It's just, the power it, of Nintendo is true. Yes, it is. This 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 is overpower, overwhelming sensation of the overlords. That's Nintendo. Because we're laughing at it, thinking, no, Nintendo isn't that powerful, really. It's, but there's the evidence where these people not into games at all. But after being in a uh, in a film that's about games, I want to play games all the time now. Yeah, <laughs> and Luke and Luke has got a job basically as yeah. the representative of Nintendo at one point. That's nuts. So Lucas is there, he shows off and says, like, and he beats Jimmy mm. in Rad Racer or something like that. Yeah. Rad Racer. I don't even remember that game. <laughs> no, I don't. So he, plays, he beats Rad Racer using the power glove. Yeah. So that's twice as impressive. <laughs> and Jimmy feels upset, he runs away, right? He runs away and he feels down the dump. So he feels, gets even more, like, upset and into his autism. He starts building, like, a, a fort and starts saying California even loudly, he doesn't talk much anymore, he's more private, you know. And then this reveals, this turns and goes into a big reveal. Mm. Because Lucas is basically the, oh, he's now his rival, right? And he doesn't like the fact he got lo- that he lost, right? No. But he doesn't like a few things as well. He doesn't like they got lost. He doesn't like the fact that uh, 
Fred Savage and uh, and and the girl are getting somehow getting along and feel like he's being replaced and stuff like that. Yeah, he's getting a bit jealous. He's getting a little jealous. Mm. And then we finally understand what's inside the lunchbox. You know, Jimmy Woods is carrying his lunchbox the entire time. And it opens. It's finally opened at some point in the movie. And it's revealed. And this is where we, what I'm talking about, where it's shoehorning in this drama, which I was not expecting. Mm. He's a twin. Yeah. He's a twin. And he's constantly upset that his twin sister is dead. It's so sad. <laughs> his twin sister is dead, died two years ago. And ever since then, even though he has a sense of autism, he used to be a fun kid. He used to be a nice kid. Yes, he was autistic, but he wasn't as bad as this. Mm. When his when his sister died in what seemed to be some kind of negligent accident, which was the reason why the family broke up in the first place, <laughs> he ends up like going and recording and wanting to go to California for some reason. Yeah, right. It's like. This is like this is the funny thing, and we'll find out. We'll talk about this later a bit. But the family seems to be learning this as much as we are, yeah. even though the family have lived through this. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> like I'm more on it than the people living it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is 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 really weird. The fact that they, they don't know what's going on until it's just right in front of their face. Like, like how obvious do we have to make them to be? They eventually lead uh, to Reno, mm. where it's a, like, which is where the girl lives. It's like, I live in Reno. It's like, you live in Reno? I have all the bloody places to go, right? So this is where, with the money they were able to swindle and get off, right? Uh, and the people that she knows, because she knows trucker friends, because her dad happens to be a trucker who left who just left him, who just left her and her family just left and the mother went crazy or whatever it is this is the backstory for her it's like this is tragic it's why are you shoehorning this in this was a fun movie about nintendo yeah it's just that it is like really sort of morbid and it's like it's it's, it's odd that she has like a friend that's like an adult ma- male trucker. Yeah, who happened to be like a friend of the dad or something, but they're like really close. Yeah. I like being yeah, weird that, here. But that's like in the 80s, that, that was fine. And you wouldn't be like worried about that. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just that happened in movies, isn't it? Like, like kids would have adult friends and stuff. Like, yeah, it, it, it was just normal. Yeah. Nowadays, if let's say if, if I suddenly had a best friend who was 10, yeah. people would instantly say, Step away from the child. Yeah. Step away from the child. It's uh, no, no, too weird, too weird. What the heck is? Uh, what? How does he know? How does she know? How does she know how to gamble? I don't even know what we're playing. What game are we playing? I guess because she's from that that town. Yeah. She might have had experience. Yeah, but how do you? How can you guess a gambling game? Also, are kids allowed in casinos? No. Not you. Not in this country, anyway. I don't know if it. About, no, they're they not allowed. Not usually. I don't know how. I don't know how these kids got in. 
there's a surprising amount of butt in the show. Moving. God, look at him. God. Oh, oh he's, he's looking at him like he's a piece of sexy meat. Look at him. The worst thing about holly, holiday situations yeah. is you just get, like, old men walking around in the pants, basically. Like, it's chummy yeah. trunks just are, like, wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, sometimes they won't even be at the pool or whatever, or the beach. Like, you know, in a holiday situation, yeah. you'll get, like, old men walking around like a, like a shop, yes! shopping centre. Yes, and walking around, like, in just, like, a dressing gown. And you think, you're just like, we're like, fucking hell, man. <laughs> it's like, all I've... You see this old man walking around, all he's got on him is, like, speedos in it, like a bum bag. Yeah, it's awkward. Fucking awkward. Uh-oh. Oh, they found him! Oh no, they found Jimmy! Oh, off road, remember that game? Oh, I remember off road. That's you, Jimmy boy. Time to go bald, son. <laughs> you literally pick him up! Would you wait? He touched my breast! <laughs> <laughs> wow! That is the. Third time in this movie, what's, I felt uncomfortable. What's so funny, though, right, is he runs in, yeah, and just picks up a kid, and they don't they don't go after him until she says, she he touched my breath. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, dude, you're picking up a child, like, out of nowhere. How do they know that it's, like, his dad? Like, there could just be anyone running in there grabbing a kid. Exactly. Oh my god, the 80s, you you could have very easily have been like abducted in the 80s, couldn't you? And then finally the detective gets them. Yeah. Finds finds them and says, Where's Jimmy? Where's Jimmy? He gets Jimmy, right? And Jimmy grab and, and he grabs Jimmy. And he grabs him really awkwardly. Like one between his legs, one's wrapped around his head. It's like it's like he's wrestling with him as he's dragging him along like a piece of meat. And at this point, no one in the arcade, like the staff or anything, says like uh, questions it. You just he can he can go and like manhandle this like kid. Yeah. And like only time that they uh, you know sort of kick off is when the girl goes in and just does her cry of like he touched my breath. Yes. <laughs> and then obviously everyone turns around as they're like, well, oh, like, no, oh, so you you're a child molester. It would it would be like causing a bit of a scene before that point anyway. It's like, yeah. what what are you doing? Is that is that your your kid or like yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people, especially the way he was manhandling that kid, would say, "Oi, what's wrong with you? Drop the kid." Mm. Yeah, but no, it's only until yeah she says she oh, he touched my breast. Yeah, it's so weird. It's just like. I, it, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that bit. It's just... It's It's, aw- it's awkward. It's meant to be funny, I think. Is it? It's, it, it, it? Maybe it's funny for, like, the adults. No, it's not even funny for the adults. For the kids, for some kids, might not even understand what that is, unless you're a bit edgy or a teenager. Unless you... This is teenage humour. It's like you're 14 going, <laughs> she's in breast. But then the joke is that this girl is accusing that guy of being a child molester. This is a kid's movie with child molestation jokes in it. And dead twins. And dead twins. And broken families. And what are we on about? What is this universe? Yeah, you see, the movie just seems to get more 
morbid and more kind of cre- like creepy in that way and dark throughout. Like it's a lot. It is a lot darker than you expect it to be. It, it, or will, what it needs to be as well. And all this, and we haven't even got to the tournament yet. <laughs> we haven't even got to the tournament yet. And that's the thing we have been waiting for the entire time of this movie. We just want him to go do the tournament and just be badass. Yeah. Like, this should be, like, a fighting like a fighting movie. This should be, like, this should be like Kickboxer, but with video games. Yeah, I mean, the movie really needs to get to that point quicker. And it needs to... That, that section of the movie needs to be longer, really. The, yes. the tournament bit. Because that's what people want. That's your, like, your main sort of final act isn't it yeah. yeah you need that to be big and more of a thing and it is quite it is a thing in the movie and quite enjoyable but it's just at the end isn't it a little bit at the end it's a, yeah it's yeah. only like the last 20 minutes mm. so i've got to so finally we're at the we're at the tournament speaking mm. of which we're finally at the tournament right and he's running in through universal studios mm. which is another basically advertisement like yeah. we mentioned right so he runs in, goes into this Coliseum-looking thing, mm. and says, like, he's the whiz kid, right? He's the wizard. And he goes and says, and all the say, so, I, so okay, we're about to go to the first seat. Are you good at Ninja Gaiden? That's what he says. He says, like, very aggressively, <laughs> like a military. Is he good at Ninja Gaiden? It's like, of course he's good at Ninja Gaiden, you know? The <laughs> thing is, you had to be really good on games to be good on Ninja Gaiden. It was a good game, but it's very hard. It's a hard game. That's probably, I, I expect that's why they picked that game because it's if it, you know he's going to be good if he's good on Ninja Gaiden. If you're good on Ninja Gaiden and get a high score on Ninja Gaiden, then you must be ace, mm. right? So that's like a hard one. You kind of think that that would have been like the finale, yeah? Or maybe they're doing this to weed off all the wimps, all the people who claim they're the best. Mm. But that's the thing. We need more of this. We need more like even like weird strategy kind of thing, like like a boxing match. Think of it like boxing, where each round you have a moment that goes back to his team. You know, mm. you know, you got Fred Savage and the girl, and then eventually the whole family comes in and talks about it. It's like, right, you can do it. Especially if with genius, if the dad comes in, who's now an expert at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he can get involved and say, like, the scroll is in the back of the thing. It's like, Dad, it's like, I know this. Now, go get the scroll, son. And he's like, Yay! None of this happens. It'd be funny if, like, the dad is so into Ninja Turtles by this point. Yeah. The next time you see him, he's, like, dressed like a turtle. Or he's, he's Donatello. Like, yeah, he's got, like, a purple headband on. Like. Yeah, Donatello, he does machines. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been awesome. But what we don't get that, we just get him just playing Ninja Gaiden for a few minutes. Yeah. And then suddenly he's in the final. Mm. That's it. But the final's the big reveal. The final's, like... Our three finalists will now play a game they have never played before. And they're all freaking out, and they're like, new game? Shit, man. You never said it was a new game, man! You lied! And they're, like, worried because, obviously, Jimmy's been training on all the games available. Yeah. But, you know, a new game is, like, clean slate for everyone. Like. Which is actually quite a genius way to end a tournament, yeah. right? I think that's quite genius. Fair. It is fair because you've got Lucas, obviously, he's gone to the final. Jimmy and this random nerd girl who is who looks so nerdy it's ridiculously bad. I mean she's like a stereotype nerd and it's bad in a way really because it's like saying only those type of girls play games. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, because basically she has the pigtails, the, gl- the thick frame glasses, making, the braces. It's making a joke of girl gamers. Like. Yeah, and the thing is, girl gamers, there are some badass girl gamers out yeah. there who are so much better. Anyone at the other, doesn't matter what gender you're at, mm. doesn't make you better or worse at video games because we play video games and I kind of think we're kind of garbage. <laughs> we're not the best. You're better than me. <laughs> you're so much better than me at video games than I am. I am not that great. Right, I love playing them, but I'm not great at them. Right, yeah, but that doesn't matter, does it? Doesn't yeah. matter because I enjoy it. Mm. Right, so another thing this movie's throwing at you, girl gamers. Ha! What are they, nerds? <laughs> yeah, she's got the big glasses. She's got like pigtails, like yeah. braces. Just, I think. Yeah, it's just every like geek stereotype you can think of characteristic. She's got it. Yeah, and she's also wearing like a frumpy top and like short shorts, mm. and it's like yeah. it's weird. <laughs> Door clips. Fucking door clips. What what kind of insults are these? Hey, you, you would have It's like, hey, make yourself useful and give me a cold drink. <laughs> My god. When did Lucas get minions? Why are we suddenly like in Oh, they're on a like a ride. They're on a ride. Oh no, King Kong! This is also technically an advertisement for Universal Studios. So, like, come here. We have King Kong and Woody Woodpecker. kind of showing off the magic isn't it it's like saying oh this king that king kong's not a real king kong monkey it's just two giant pistons do you know what made me realize actually this movie is done by universal isn't it so this is this movie must be really fucking cheap they just did it in their back lot <laughs> wow what a dick move but then this is where detective finally escapes the beating of like the flipping truckers and arrives at Universal Studios, right? And also the stepdad's there now because when he calls them, I know where they're going. He said, No, we're going there now. So we go to stepdad and the mum goes, and then the whole family's finally joined in, right? Mm. The detective is still running around after them because Lucas the snitch tells them where they are. Yeah. Snitch. Because he know, because he so knows that Jimmy is the only threat. So get rid of Jimmy. Girl gamer, who cares, right? So they're being chased. So now at this point, now being chased by a detective, right? Um, who Who's like, there he is, whatever it is. So they're, they're all three of them being chased. And they go literally into a Universal Studios King Kong ride. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that bit. Like, it's kind of dangerous because the kids come off the ride. Yeah, and they're like right in front of fire, like, like blasts, and fire and smoke and water. Yeah, I do love those rides. Have you ever been to one of those rides? No. Have you? Oh, I've, been, I've been to Universal Studios and I've been to Disney sometimes. I love those kind of rides mm. where just like you're going through a thing, but oh no, it's an earthquake. 
Yeah. They're kind of fun, though, so I like them. But so, I do like, or I love this bit where the guy who's giving the tour is saying, sit down, just have fun! Have fun, goddammit! Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, he, that was a funny moment. It's like it's almost like he's talking to the audience that are watching the movie at that point. Yeah. It's like, have fun, and we're like answering back saying, well, we're trying to have fun, but you're throwing dead twins in here. You're, throw, you're, <laughs> you're throwing, throwing dead twins, and you're throwing like broken families and all these serious plot lines. I just want to play Super Mario Brothers. Get to the games. <laughs> right, they sneak out, and they end up in this random part of Universal Studios where the studio for the games are. Like for the for the actual tournament is, and it goes down in a really it goes down in an elevator to have a surprise reveal, which is actually quite funny mm. because you know they say like where the host like where's Jimmy Woods where's Jimmy Woods where's Jimmy Woods right and because he's the the host of this is fantastic I love him because he's just he's animated yeah he's looking like a cartoon character isn't he? and he's got like this weird sort of pseudo fake British accent yeah like it's not fully British. But it's kind of fake British, mm. and I kind of like it. <laughs> and he's dressed like quite sort of futuristic, isn't he? Like, yeah, because it's it's video game Armageddon. Yeah. Of course, he needs to dress like the future. Um, so yeah, and so it's so he's waiting like, where's Jimmy Woods? Where's Jimmy Woods? And then the back panel reveals, and then there is Jimmy, like hiding there, going hi, <laughs> like he's been there the whole time. <laughs> it's like, oh, Wonderkid, there he is. There is the wizard. Um, <laughs> But that's the point. The whole family finally comes together mm. and sees him play because he's in the final. And, he, and they were angry and upset at them first, but they realise, oh, wait a minute, they're at the final. Yeah. Yay! You know, all the bad things shed away. And, you know, like, the detective no longer gets paid because, you know what, even though he's doing this and going to California to pay this thing, my son is in a final of a video games tournament worth $50,000. <laughs> wow. Complete switcheroo here by this point the power of Super Mario 3, I think. The power of Super Mario 3, the power of Nintendo, bringing families together. Yes! Oh. What's the game? Like, two-player? But you can play two-player on You can play two-player on it. You, you can exchange goes. It's not like... It's just like sweet, taking turns over, is it, or something? Mm. Lucas, you have ten minutes to... Most points... Here we go. Ooh. Oh, this is what's amazing. This was the first time anyone ever really saw any gameplay from Super Mario Bros. 3. So if you were a kid in 1988, 1989, I think this movie came out, you know, you were sat there going, oh my flipping God, this was happening. Mm. Go, 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 go. If he finds a warp, he can jump worlds. <laughs> but this is... He's making it sound like it's the best thing ever. It's quite hilarious, this. Like, you know, it's like... It's cut, it's cut as well, so it's kind of like... It's trying epic, to... Epic. Yeah. Epic it, contest. Oh, Lucas is such a dick. You haven't got the power glove now, mate. Yeah, you got to beat that. We all know how to get the star. We know how to play the game. Just go, damn it, go! <laughs> oh, only two whole minutes. Come on, Lucas, die or something. Oh, no, the girl gamer is not doing very well. I like the fact that they've made the girl gamer look like a complete 
stereotypical dork. Yes, which means that she can never win. <laughs> oh, we don't. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Get the star, Jimmy. Get the star! And he's jumped it! 81,000! Well done, Jimmy! Yeah! Even douchebag stepdad is doing well. Look at that, even he's proud. Not so bad now, Lucas, are you? Lucas got a bit of humble pie, didn't he? <laughs> Obviously, by this point, even though Lucas is winning and Jimmy's struggling a bit, Jimmy eventually wins, mm. right? Jimmy wins, top prize, big palooza, well done, right? And Lucas is looking sour and stuff like that because, you know what, he kind of deserves it because he's trying to, he's trying to cheat the dick. And then they all go off together. They all go back home together, like in trucks and stuff like that. They go back in the trucks. Yeah. And this is where the movie actually ends. Because you thought that would be the ending. You'd think him winning the tournament is where he ends. Yeah. Nope. He ends up going and driving around this road and stopping and suddenly seeing some dinosaurs. Some of these, uh, dis- dis- these dinosaur models. Which, interesting fact, has been used in movies before. Including, I think you might notice one particularly, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. All right. Yep. So they find that thing. And Jimmy is just saying... It's like, California, California. In the back of the car, it's like, just, just ramming it in, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and the mum's like, just pull over, stop the car, stop the car. And the kid just bolts. Yeah. Um, it goes into this brontosaurus or whatever the fuck it is. And the family uh, don't, they, they, they act like they've never been here before, don't they? Yes. Yeah. They, 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 like, they act like they've never been here before, right? Yeah. And this is a caveat. This is a big kicker. This is why I was saying how we feel like we're more on it than the family are, mm. even though they lived it. <laughs> the, the kid sits in the brontosaurus, mm. right? And Fred Savage finds him. And he opens up the lunchbox again and does that and looks at it. And he sees a picture of the whole family united as one with the sister, when the sister's alive, yeah. with a photo taken at the feet of this exact dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so he just wanted to leave a memory of his dead sister because he knew that this was the last place that he remembers being truly happy with his sister before she died. Remember, a few minutes ago, this was about Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just, why? Why did they make this movie this day this dark? It's so, why? Yeah. And then, but this is the thing, they reveal it. But obviously this involves a family because it's a picture of it. Mm. So are the family this clueless? Or the family have, like, a whole fucking amnesia to not make, to not put two and two together? I mean, it, 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 well, it can't have been that long ago because the kid's not that like, old. Like. It's two years ago, but it couldn't have been that gone, yeah. you know? So you're sitting there thinking, two and two together, right? He's... Kids called saying California, right? 
He's carried his lunchbox, which clearly is one of his favourite favorite lunchbox, mm. right? The mum and the dad must clearly have had a moment thinking, why is he saying California? Wait, when was the last time we went to California? Oh, yes, it was the holiday we went to as a family together, before the sister's death. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just really stupid, aren't they? Like, if they can't work that out. And it's just it's quite frustrating watching. And that's the thing is, this is how it ends the movie, with this big revelation. It's a proper, like, down note, isn't it? So, like, a proper sort of upsetting note to, to end on. And, but, the, but, but, yeah, but it might be a down note. But because, of, because of the Nintendo tournament, bringing all of them together, mm. and then him having a freak out on the way back home, everyone is now finally together. Stepdad gets along with the dad. You know, all the brothers, all, all the brothers back together. They now got a new sister, pretty much, because they look like, it looks like she's moving in. Yeah, just like adopting her. Yeah. So, Nintendo, bringing broken families together, even if they have amnesia. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is such a horribly weird way to end a movie. And then the ending is just them just driving into the sunset. Mm. And then I think one of the lines is like, right. And saying like, when we get home, we'll play some video games. Drives away. <laughs> it's almost like it should have at the end. Nintendo seals of approval just flashed on the screen. Yes! That would, have, that would have actually made it perfect. That would have said, like, yes, totally, this was approved by Nintendo. Oh, my God. And that's how the movie ends. I'm not going to lie here. I think, honestly, as we're talking about it, we're sounding more and more angry as we really analyse this movie. But I am going to say this. It's still fun to watch, but mostly because of the nostalgia. It's so nostalgia-driven. I mean, if the movie didn't have Fred Savage in and a lot of, like, the cool Nintendo stuff, it, I would I would not like it at all. But, like, yeah. you can't have this movie without Nintendo stuff, so... If they need each other. yeah. It's. I think it's weird. Like, if the movie was just about the Nintendo tournament, mm. it would have been awesome. But I don't think it would have been great. Yeah. Like, it would have been more a fun movie, mm. maybe a bit sillier, but we would accept it, mm. right? Not a just ridiculously morbid family drama that so feels so out of place in a kids' movie mm. about Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I think, though, however, there's still great moments of some weird, funny moments, some funny slapstick, and obviously, I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> um, I love that line. It's it's kind of funny. That it's kind of ironic now, isn't it? Because the, the, it was actually bad, not bad in a cool way. It yeah. was just terrible. It was just terrible. <laughs> I'm glad this was 1989 because it was done a little later. This movie would they, they could have they might have included the they would have called the Virtual Boy. Oh God, that was a piece of shit. Did you ever play the Virtual Boy? No, but uh, I've, I've I've seen plenty of of like uh, videos on it, and, and it's and that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> this movie is exploitative. This movie is way too serious for its own good this movie does have some weird logic but also a world where it's just so many mixed messages but at the same time video games nostalgia late 80s early 90s like attitude yeah and all the 80s tropes and you're sitting there going those bits are fun 
but why am I seeing for the rest of it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it is strange. It's, it's a strange feeling watching it. We we had a few ciders when we watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, which it, helped. It's, it's definitely helped. Yeah. Um, when you, I bet you now listening to it, it's like, why are they laughing so much? It's because we've had to find the smallest thing to laugh at. Because now that we've sobered up and analysed, we realise that. This is a bit of a hard sit because this movie's only, it's shallow. It's only running on nostalgia, mm. but it's fun when you're there and it's fun when you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that, that should be on the poster. Like when you're trying to promote it, it's like, it's like, it's nostalgia and it's fun when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're go- so. Next time round on the trash tapes, I have a couple of things on the list, and I might just pick something at random. But I'm hoping perhaps we might go a little bit weirder mm. than this, and I think something actually trashy this time round because the last few movies have been a little bit not entirely trashy. This is trashy for being exploitative commercial, yeah. and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not that trashy, and a few others weren't as trashy enough. Mm. Oh, by the way, if you want to check out. Uh, how we rank this? Yes, uh, you can check it out on the uh, Trash Taster on YouTube. Yeah, you, 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 well, we break it down boiler point by boiler point, mm. and you get to see sort of a brief summary. And you can send that along. Say where do we rank on the Trashometer? I think from hearing this, I think you might have got an idea. <laughs> but we'll run with that. If you also, if you like what you're hearing and all this stuff, remember to subscribe onto the podcast. You already probably listened to it if you already have, but if not, share it around, write a review, all that kind of stuff. And if you write a review on on the iTunes page or anywhere else for that matter, we may share some of them on the next episode. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so right. Until next time, keep an eye on the trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys later. See you guys. Trash Tapes is a podcast created by Enigmatic Productions. It is hosted and created by Johan Schpohl and co-starring Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Acast and Buzzsprout. You can also find more information about us on our social media sites. We have Instagram, which uh, which is under Enigmatic Productions. Uh, We have a Facebook page called Under Studio Enigmatic. And we have a Twitter under Enigmatic underscore UK. For more information on the on the other kind of products and projects that we're up to, check out our website at www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. 
Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.